0: The Science Of, on The Money Show. Welcome to the Muddy Show, the science of Wi-Fi this evening. We talk about it like everybody knows exactly what it is. We know what it does. It enables you to connect to the internet in a way that is simple, effective, and quicker than you might be using a different methodology. We've come a long way since the old fashioned way of connecting to the internet, which was with a stick, some bubblegum, and a piece of string. Um, we had dial-up modems and I used a dial-up modem probably in the last two years, partly out of desperation, and I then gave up and I thought nobody needs to get onto the Internet that seriously if they still have to use dial-up modems. But if you remember those early days of getting onto the Internet and this miracle of being able to plug your computer into a telephone line, hit a few buttons, hear the dial tone, hear the beep, 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 beep as the numbers were dialed in, the screech of the modem, And suddenly you were connected to this thing called the World Wide Web. It was extraordinary. And may we never have to go back there again. Hayden Lamberti is my first guest this evening. He works at Internet Solutions. It has been, in 20 years, the most extraordinary revolutionary evolution, if you like, in how we connect to the World Wide Web.
1: Absolutely. It's been an absolutely amazing experience. Um, It changes so quickly, so rapidly.
0: Okay, so explain Wi-Fi to me, the idiot's guide to Wi-Fi.
1: So Wi-Fi, in essence, in layman's terms, is a mechanism to connect people to the Internet using essentially a radio wave from a... Uh, A base station, if you want to think of it like that, so a device that is still connected via hard line to what is known as the World Wide Web, and then that just facilitates a wireless seamless connection to your end-user device, whether that be a cell phone, a laptop, or an iPad.
0: Okay, but there there are many people who might have a telecom landline into their home and might use a telecom service, for example, to deliver wireless internet into their home. It uses the wire, it then puts a box in the home, and then radiates a signal around the home, um, which, if you then logged on to you can get access to wi-fi um, that is fairly common in south africa nowadays but also because telecom not been particularly efficient in its delivery mechanism over the last while um it's uh, we've also seen other players come to the market notably the cell phone providers
1: Absolutely. Um, So the the cell phone phone providers in general uh, operates on the GSM frequency, which are these massive towers that you see radiating our signal all over the country. It is a wireless technology as well. And the key thing there is that it's operating in the licensed uh, frequency band. So there's no interference. Uh, It's very highly regulated. Um, There are onerous license fees to have that. And, you know, the, the MNOs have very rigorous commitments to us as a country through our regulator, Cordy Casa, to be able to deliver a service uh, to our end users. However, it does have certain shortcomings. Uh, It's an expensive uh, way of delivering bandwidth to end users, particularly in our economy, where we're trying to link people to the Internet for the socio-economic impact of having people empowered through knowledge. Um, So Wi-Fi represents a number of opportunities for us to be able to bridge that gap between low-cost Uh, access to the internet Mm. via Wi-Fi and what has been their tradition?
0: Explain to me what low cost is because I look at the the fee I pay for two gigs of data to my cell phone provider and I I seldom manage to get through the full two gigs and I spend quite a lot of time on my mobile device on a daily basis and and, for a couple of hundred bucks it doesn't seem like an extraordinary amount of money to be connected to this wondrous tool that changes the world.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, you, there's a couple of things at play here. First of all, you need to have a look at end user behavior. So when you have a look at bandwidth in general, connecting to the internet is almost like being in a narcotics business. The more you give to people, the more, the more they're they going to consume that, yeah. uh, and if you have a look at everything that we do, you can see it in our day-to-day lives. Have a look at your children, how they operate. The requirement for bandwidth from individuals for multiple purposes, not just gaining information, but bandwidth runs our lives, um, is increasing, and there's no there's no real indication that's that's going to abate at all. Um, and we have a we have issues in that we are going to be unable to cater for the demand that end users are going to need from bandwidth. Particularly when you have in segments of the market that are coming onto the internet, so to speak, as first timers through low cost devices. The reality of a thirty US dollar smartphone is a reality today. Um and and bandwidth requirements are gonna go through the roof, and there's no indication that's going to stop.
0: But I thought these two big fat cables that uh, came down the east coast and the west coast of Africa was meant to solve our bandwidth problems for now at least. They don't seem to have done so.
1: So they absolutely have. Uh, The the cable systems... They've
0: addressed the problems. They haven't solved them.
1: No. So in terms of the raw bandwidth that can float out of our country, absolutely, we have lots of high-speed bandwidth, lots of uh, undersea cables that are going to be coming online and have come online over the last couple of years. But you kind of need to think of it as a water piping system. System. Just because we have a nice big water pipe between Richards Bay and Europe doesn't mean that we can get water to uh, you know, the arid parts of our country, so to speak. Um, so that last mile, that connection to the end user where they get pull- pulled onto the grid – that's where the problem is in terms of disseminating mm. Wi Fi to our population. That, and that's where Wi Fi is potentially a, a, an answer.
0: We need Roto Router, don't we? To, get, I mean, to, unblock, <laughs> to unblock our wireless We Wi-Fi are plumbers at heart. Absolutely. <laughs> Ultimately, that's what it is. Um, there's also been wonderful innovation. Um, and uh, I, I watch people on Mango Flights, for example, and they open up their laptops and they put in their codes and they frantically, for the short period of time you're allowed to use your computer on an aeroplane, frantically work using the Wi Fi connections on aeroplanes. It hasn't taken off to the same extent as I thought it would. Not many people seem to be using it. I wonder if if it's even worthwhile doing it on on aircraft in the short term anyway.
1: So the... Wi Fi on airplanes is a very, is an interesting topic. Uh, I think overseas or when you're doing long haul type, uh, trips, when you're going from the east coast of the US to the west coast of the US, that's a four hour flight and you can get a substantial amount sure. of work done. When you're flying from Durban, Durban to Cape Town on, on a Mango flight, uh, less so. Um, it is absolutely a boon, uh, to have. Uh, I think it is widely and extensively used. I think the, the people who fly on flights for, domestically can afford to pay for that service. Um, I still think you only have the early adopters of Wi-Fi, you know, yeah. so to speak, the hardcores uh, actually, uh, you know, dipping into that and taking advantage of those experiences.
0: I wonder how it's working on taxis. Kululeko Butlezi is the chief executive of Santaco. How many taxis in Kululeko are now Wi-Fi enabled? Because we've seen these big announcements come out in recent weeks. Uh, good
2: evening, Kosa. I think at, at this point we are uh, pushing up to a thousand five hundred uh, by by mid-July, and we'll be streaming in about three to 4,000 every month from there.
0: Okay, I mean, so you, you're you taking this deadly seriously. Who is providing the Wi-Fi? How are you getting these taxis enabled? Uh,
2: Telkom has actually come on board, and we Telecom to, to 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 provide the infrastructure so, so that we actually, actually can support the the platform.
0: Okay, and uh, any yeah. indication as to how many people are making use of Wi-Fi on minibus taxis?
2: I mean, currently, we're finding that there's quite a huge demand for the service. People are actually excited. They're actually using the service. So, uh, in no doubt, if you look at the tech industry itself, we're moving about 15 million commuters on a daily basis. We, in no doubt, uh, about 60% of those are using smartphones or, or, or devices that are able to actually tap into this technology. So, we, we're we looking at about uh, 80% pen, penetration once uh, on our vehicle actually enabled with the Wi-Fi platform.
0: Nguruleko Butelezi, Chief Executive of Santaco, this evening. Thank you. Stephen Ambrose, Chief Executive of Worldwide... Or, or Strategy Works. I beg your pardon, Stephen Ambrose. Strategy Not Works Consulting. Old habits die hard. Um, yeah, give me a sense of it. Uh, it sounds terribly ambitious of the taxi industry to anticipate these sorts of penetration rates in a market where I think South Africa's only got about 5 million smart handheld devices in circulation. Well,
2: no, there's currently probably closer to 20 million smart devices in circulation. Or as uh, the gentleman from Santaco said, there are a lot of uh, so-called feature phones that are quite capable of connecting to Wi-Fi networks. So probably then you're talking closer to 35 to 40 million potential devices connecting. But as I I wrote in an article fairly recently about this whole uh, business of free Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi is never free. And the the specifically the taxi uh, operation, they're offering fifty megabytes of data per month per user free. So now, when you start thinking about one app update or a couple of emails with two or three attachments, you can download that at a reasonable speed through the Wi-Fi network that they're supplying in about five minutes. So fifty megabytes is definitely not going to do anything much for the commuter. What they don't tell us is what they're going to be charging people should they wish to avail themselves of the service beyond the 50 megabytes, which is free. And that changes the complexion considerably. And definitely, depending on the costing, whether people will carry on just using their smart devices on the mobile networks.
0: So uh, that, that, that becomes not yeah.
2: so, so not so simple
0: as it seems uh, and what about suburban free wi-fi if we had free wi-fi stations if the city of twine uh, a dream comes true and they are beaming free wi-fi into the inner city and parts of cape town are wanting to do it and stellenbosch i think has tried it with with mixed success um we, if we have suburban wi-fi do we really need to have these isolated uh, wi-fi experiments happening in public transport if it's happening in suburbia surely it's, it's there and can be utilized
2: you see, the biggest problem that everyone comes up with is they start thinking of Wi-Fi as this ubiquitous connectivity solution that's inexpensive and it's easy to deploy and it's available everywhere. And the reason is that those that have used Wi-Fi in a home or in a hotel or somewhere where it's a fairly controlled environment they had a reasonably good experience also in a home or a hotel room. There are not that many people connecting to that particular Wi-Fi hotspot. So the performance is good and the connectivity is solid, and you're not particularly mobile at that particular point in time. Wi Fi is not designed like the 3G or the, the new four G networks or any of the mobile networks. It doesn't hand over as quickly and as seamlessly from one hotspot to the next hotspot. So there's there's a lot of technical challenges around wi-fi as a as a mass mobile platform and if you've ever tried and i've been around the world a lot and i've tried so-called free wi-fi in the numerous places from tokyo to london to san francisco to and i mean san francisco is the, the hub of high tech and it's always been a very fraught experience it's hard to connect it takes time to connect um it never, it You walk down the road, you lose it, then you've got to reauthenticate. It's just not a seamless, easy-to-use system. So um, it's easy to talk about the free part, but it's not so easy to talk about how hard it is to deliver the service in a clean, effective manner that uh, is affordable to people in the long term.
0: Stephen Ambrose, thanks for your insight this evening. Chief Executive of Strategy Works Consulting. And that ultimately is the issue. Hayden Lamberti who's in my studio this evening. He works at Internet Solutions. Uh, you know, it's it's what is free, what's not free. And you, you kind of get what you pay for, don't you? There's um, no free lunch. Yeah, absolutely right. And so all of these experiments around free Wi-Fi are a bit of a marketing con or what?
1: So I don't like to talk in terms of free. Free Wi-Fi is something that you know was around in the beginning or the kind of the infancy of the technology. And that was a sort of a scenario where you had a hotel, you had a restaurant, some sort of hospitality type venue uh, wanting to provide some sort of Wi-Fi to the guest. When, not, not, when very few people were using the Wi-Fi, you had a reasonable experience. Uh, the minute you started to load that, there were problems with, uh, with the Wi-Fi technology, the uh, 801.2 standard. Um... And there were issues with the back horn. it created a, quite a shoddy experience, to be honest. Uh, free Wi-Fi exists t- today, and I don't like to refer to it as free Wi-Fi. As I said, I rather like to think about it as sponsored Wi-Fi. <laughs> okay. So someone is going to pay the bill, yes, and you know I was discussing this earlier today with a colleague of mine, and he, he said something very apt: if something is valuable and you're using it for free, then it's most likely that you are the product. Um, so there, there are there are all kind of methods to make it free. But whoever's going to make it free is going to monetize that somehow. You just need to have a look at Google. Everyone thinks Google are acting out of altruistic intent. You have this amazing tool that's changed our lives for the better. Um, I don't think anyone can argue that. Uh, How do Google make their money? Uh, Google make their money because they know who you are. They know what you're browsing. They know what you're doing. They can sell this information. These poor,
0: bored people. Oh, they must be so disappointed. Absolutely. But we're going to talk more in just a moment. My guest in studio this evening, Hayden Lamberti. It's all about Wi-Fi tonight. Anything you ever wanted to know but were too afraid to ask, give us a call right now. Use your Skype. Use uh, Wi-Fi to connect to Skype and give us a call through that mechanism if you choose to. On 021-446-0567, for more traditional means. The Science of on The Money Show. So are you one of those people like the annoying Aki Anastasio the day that Mango launched a Wi-Fi on the aeroplanes? He jumped on an aeroplane and made a phone call in a way that only Aki can make it. He didn't need the phone. We could hear him on the ground anyway. He stood there shouting. Most excited, like a kid in a candy store, was our Aki Anastasio as he made the first ever Skype call from an aeroplane to the ground. Does it work for you, I wonder? Johan in Pretoria East, I hope you're not one of those people who sits on the aeroplane shouting into a Skype connection. Yes,
2: I I had some credits on my Skype And I just tried to connect through this Wi-Fi, and wow, I couldn't believe it. I phoned my family. Uh, It was early in the morning. I just tried it out, and it was uh, really a good experience. I think that's worthwhile to connect on the airplane and then use your Skype credits and phone the telephone lines. That's worthwhile. With my earphones on my head, headset, nobody knows I'm talking. That was good.
0: Excellent, Johan. Thanks very much. Do you make regular use of onboard Wi-Fi then?
2: Yes, I, I will do it now because uh, it's, it's worthwhile that one and a half hours to Cape Town, you can call. You can call your clients and you can call people, no problem.
0: There we go. Johan in Pretoria is <laughs> changing the way in which the world works. I once spoke to Ellen Coleman, the chief executive of, of one of the biggest companies in the world, uh, DuPont. And she said the reason she likes global airline travel is because nobody can get hold of you. But that's changing as well, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, people like Johan, we're soon going to have, oh, it's going to, airplanes are the only last vestige of peace and tranquility in the world. Uh, and, and now we're not going to have any, any way to, to escape at all. So, Hayden, this whole issue of free Wi-Fi, city centers are doing it. It's become this big, we're such an, a, a progressive city because we're doing this for you. How well has it worked in
1: South Africa? So, South Africa's got a bit of a geography problem. So, if you have a look at these initiatives in Europe specifically, where you have very high density, high LSM uh, individuals living in very close quarters, um, it absolutely works. Um, At a geography level, we've got problems providing that in South Africa, uh, just because we've got very dispersed individuals. Mm. You can't, it's very difficult to wire up a neighborhood uh, very easily to provide a ubiquitous experience in terms of access across that. Um, in addition to that, someone has to pay for it. And the quality of the service that your end user or the user of the Wi-Fi is going to experience is going to be directly related to who is going to pay for it and how much they're willing to pay on your behalf. So free free, free is a bit of a misnomer. Uh, ultimately, I believe it's going to be a blend of a low-quality free experience or a lesser-quality mm-hmm. free experience with the ability to upgrade to kind of super access through that network and that free is going to be subsidized either by governments or by corporations who want to advertise to you or for, uh, by entities who want to gather data about you um it, it's really really new territory and we really don't know how it's going to pan out but there, there's lots of experiments that we can point to all over the world and locally
0: i, I was i mentioned earlier that i was uh, reading a piece by arthur goldstock who'd been to tel aviv and he was just r- raving about the Tel Aviv experience he'd had. But there you've got the right sort of demographics to make Wi-Fi accessible, Wi-Fi affordable.
1: Absolutely. Um, And it also comes down to an education thing. Um... Which is why, when we see the advent of smarter phones in the in the hands of more and more South Africans, um, I think we might be lagging adoption in terms of the total amount of bandwidth consumed through uh, kind of ulterior mobile technologies like Wi-Fi, which is ultimately backed by some sort of fixed line capability. I think we're going to spike very rapidly um, as these as these devices uh, start coming online, and we have more and more people uh, connected to the internet, demanding data. I think the latest mm. stats, you know, of the del- of Goldstock specifically. The latest stats are only about 7 or 8 million people who actually have an internet experience at the moment.
0: And, yeah, it's terrifying, but it is growing, and it is growing exponentially. Um, Certainly the retail sector desperately needs us all to have better Wi-Fi access so that we can start shopping on our phones and start spending more money using these devices, and Wi-Fi might be a way of doing so. How does this sector evolve over the next five years, already we look at the, the rapid evolution of internet access and the way in which we access the internet. Um, in the last five years, it's been yeah, you know, it's been light years of progress. Um, what, what are what are the te- what are the tech opportunities here?
1: So there's a number of opportunities. I definitely look at Wi-Fi as a disruptor, maybe not in its own right, but in terms of the economy that it's going to be able to create. Um, there's a couple of things. First of all, we're going to see a rapid change in business models in terms of people providing Wi-Fi as a Service to individuals, you know, like the pure play Wi-Fi providers out there two brands who are wanting to better connect with their customer to create a a better experience, a better lock-in. So business models are absolutely something that we're going to have to focus on. There's going to be a blend of them. There's going to be various different types. But then also at a technology level, you're looking at a technology that has matured rapidly over the last while. Um, You know, Wi-Fi couldn't really be seen as a feasible alternative to the cellular network Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, for all all the reasons we've already described. Bad experience, Clunky. Um, you know, some of the technologies in terms of the actual protocol, the wireless protocol that it runs on, means you in, a, in an area you can have more individuals putting more strain on the on the wireless network. Better backhaul, as we've discussed, fiber rollouts, the the bandwidth going up East Africa uh, provides a better user experience in terms of the data throughput. But then also, and most importantly for the people who are kind of you know old boys in, in the internet game, um, is the ability to connect to Wi-Fi seamlessly. Traditionally, it has been a massive problem Very clunky, credit card details It's always going to be clunky to a certain extent Um, There are certain regulatory requirements Which sit on top of the, the Wi-Fi and telecommunications providers Specifically the Electronic Communications Act which says that if we are going to provide any sort of connectivity to any end user, you need to be able to know who they are and you mm. need to be able to get them to accept terms and conditions. And for that reason alone, sure. it's the same reason we have Rika in place with the cell phones. Sure. So if you have Wi Fi running in a shopping center or a plane or whatever, it's absolutely technically possible to have your phone seamlessly connect to that and you never, you never know about it. That yeah. technology exists today. It's being built into the iPhones, the Androids, so on and so forth. The reality is though, you can't do that. So you are going to always, when you have a Wi-Fi experience, because you don't know your clients, if they're a first-time user and you're going to be billing them on demand, you're going to have to stop them and they're going to have to go through a process of accepting the terms and conditions.
0: And hopefully through that you get a better service. Um, I, Peter Handel hasn't contacted me yet on my Twitter account. He will, no doubt at some point this evening, tell me that we're all going to get cancer. We're all going to die because of Wi-Fi.
1: Set my mind at ease, or Peter Handel's mind at ease anyway. So, so uh it's a, I've never actually been asked that question. However uh, – Radio, like, waves. Like, radio uh, waves will kill we, us all eventually we, we, radio, the transformers don't get yeah. us first. Radio waves are just lights and we're covered in them. Um, radio waves are flying through us all the time. The frequency that you're broadcasting on now, the yes. frequency that the cell phones don't use, the, 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 the <laughs> microwave ovens. Um, Close proximity to the the place where these frequencies are generated in terms of the transmission as well as the receiving end of it. There's been a ton of work that's been done internationally across all the frequency bands uh, in terms of human health. Obviously – You know, if you're having a look at something like Celia, it's only been around for 20 years. A longitudinal study over 100 years in terms of how that impacts the human race is yet to be done. But uh, all indications are now for the short term that uh, we aren't going to have any issues with that.
0: Well, we certainly hope you're right on that one. Hayden Lamberti, thanks very much. He's with Internet Solutions this evening, enlightening us on the science of Wi-Fi.